welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things that have made the Scriptures become real to us, and that helps us apply it to our lives better, and we need the power that we can gain from the Scriptures. I'm your host, Kerry Mulstein, and this is a short cast on the book of Job. Just an introduction, really. We want to kind of get an overview on the book of Job. I've got a longer interview uh, with um, Josh Sears. Uh, and we talk really about suffering and struggling, and the book of Job is a great springboard for that. But we felt like we needed a good introduction here to be able to really get the book of Job. So we don't know when Job takes place. We don't know where it takes place. There's some thought that it might have been over in the area of modern-day Jordan. Uh, time period maybe predates a lot of what happens in Israel, but it also might be happening uh, almost any time period. We really don't know. There aren't enough clues in the book. And if we're going to talk about the scriptures being real, that's one of the big questions people have with the story of Job is, is this story real? And there are a couple of reasons people ask that question and wonder if it's really real. Um, one of those reasons is that it's obviously set up as a play. This uh, book has an introduction. It has major scenes. It has a conclusion in a, a way that is typical of plays from the ancient world. And so it seems like it's set up as a play. Further, God and Satan have conversations, and God says, yeah, go ahead and afflict Job. And that doesn't seem like something that's really likely to happen. And so it's it seems like it's really an element of a play to move the storyline along. And so that has made some people question whether or not Job is real. At the same time, there are some decent reasons to think that Job is a real person. Um, one of those reasons is he's referred to uh, in Ezekiel, in uh, the book of James, and in the Doctrine and Covenants. And so uh, he's at least referred to as a real person by the Savior and by prophets. Uh, and there are a lot of elements in this story that seem very, very real. And I think it's possible for both of those to be reconciled. We have this all the time in our day where we, we go to plays about Joseph Smith or about the early pioneers or about other scriptural characters. And some of the elements in there are added to make the storyline move along. But the essence of the story is accurate and includes real things that happen to real people. And I suspect that's what we have going on here, that Job is a real person who went through these real things and that as a result, uh, his story was worth making a play about and that what we're reading is the play that was made about him and it's inspired and it's canon and there's certainly something we can learn from it whether job is real or not there's a lot we can learn from this but i i believe that he is a real person and that uh, we're reading a play about him and that's been designed and written in a powerful way to help us learn and be inspired so let's think about some of the things that we know about job job is described as a, a man who's perfect uh, the, we, let's just read Job 1.1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So those are a lot of themes we've hit already in this podcast this year. Uh, we've talked about Tamim or being perfected and and uh, that having some elements of covenant in it. Upright, meaning he, he kept his covenant and uh, fearing God, we've talked about that, or we, no, actually we are about to talk about that with Proverbs, uh, and the idea that this is uh, recognizing God's greatness and uh, so on. So we'll have more about that coming up, and he stayed away from evil. So just a great description of him. Um, what kinds of things does Job suffer? May, you may not pick up on all of this as we do kind of our quick, uh, you know, we read a couple chapters here and there in Job, so let me just go through that quickly. 
Um, he suffers. Uh, he loses everything he has. We'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, he loses everything he has. He endures physical afflictions. He has boils. His face is figured beyond recognition. Worms are in the boils. Um, we've got his breath and body become so odorous that his friends can't stand to be around him. He has terrible nightmares. Even sometimes when you have terrible physical suffering, your your greatest release is uh, to sleep. And Job isn't given that that opportunity because when he sleeps, he has. Hello, hello, is it working? Hello. Okay, uh, his, he, no one can stand to be around him, even those who are uh, outcasts. He, he becomes an outcast among them, and uh, he's, he's completely alone. His family is gone. His uh, wife isn't so sure about him. He's not understood by his friends. He's unjustly accused. His wife tells him to curse God and die. His friends think that, that he's brought this upon himself. So he doesn't have anyone who will understand or listen to him. And that's that's very, very difficult. Um, and, of course, he's going to even uh, really start to be chastised by God. And we'll talk about that in my interview with Josh, which I, I think Josh is just so wonderful to interview. Anyway, um, what are some lessons we can learn from Job? We can learn suffering isn't always the result of punishment. In fact, quite often it's not. Um, we should know or recognize that we can't tell someone's uh, a soul's condition from their outward circumstances. You just can't. You can't tell that. Um, and we can made that covenants. Uh, when we make covenants, it doesn't mean there will be no suffering and no loss of prosperity or no difficult times that even those who keep covenants will have difficult things happen to them. But the covenant will eventually be honored uh, in those terms and the the when it seems like it's not being honored, it's an opportunity for growth, which is actually it being honored. 
Um, I'd like to just ask, how does Job exemplify faith? Uh, because there are times where he's starting to wonder what's going on here. But he still believes that, that God exists when suffering happens. So that the article or the, the lectures on faith talk about three things that you need to have faith unto salvation. And one of them is you know that God exists. And uh, Job keeps up with that even when he's suffering. He still believes God is loving and will redeem him. That's the second thing you need to know, that the correct uh, characteristics of God. Um, and uh, then you need to be able to sacrifice all things. And he, he uh, Job knows, oh, you also need to know that your life is in accordance with God's will. And Job knows that. He knows he hasn't sinned, and he is willing to sacrifice. He ha didn't choose the sacrifice, but he chooses how he will react to it, and he chooses to say, God giveth and God taketh away, right? Um, there is a great resolution in chapters 38 through 42. This is when God really starts to prove that he is God and that he He knows and has more power than Job, and we talk about that in the interview with, with Josh. And uh, he will bless uh, Job twice as much in the end as he had in the beginning. So all, however many camels he lost, he got all those camels back. Same with cattle. And interestingly, with children, he had, if I remember, had seven children, and then he has seven more children. And of course, in the eternities, he'll have all of those children. So he will have 14 children. So Job is blessed twice as much in the end as he was in the beginning, because he is... Uh, he stays true during these sacrifices. So uh, that's just a, a kind of an introduction to some brief uh, things that help us understand Job. And then we'll explore the main theme of Job more in the podcast with Josh. And I hope you enjoy that episode. <laughs>